Hi, everyone. Welcome to 50 File. This is Colleen. Hi, it's Cindy. Hope everyone's doing well in the COVID lockdown. And if you're not, just pretend like us. No. You know what? It is a constant effort. I guess, you know, we get so many daily updates. And today was a bit of a setback as we heard the news. Um, LA County has decided to extend the shutdown through August. And the U.S., the UC schools are not going back this fall term. And the classes will be online. So that wasn't the most exciting news, Cindy, was it? No, I think I have the COVID blues today. And again, mm -hmm. I know we're trying to be grateful and find the silver linings and be thrilled that, you know, we're alive and well because so many have suffered. And we just are, again, our hearts go out to all those that know of someone or have family members that have gone through a, a horrible time with COVID-19 or a death. And please have our condolences. But the COVID blues are here today for me because yes, the UC, the state schools in California, I'm California centric or West Coast centric versus East Coast. Colleen, you have a lot more connection to family in the East, but I kind of had a feeling from the few friends that I do have back there that they were going to be in lockdown for quite a long while. I was mentally and emotionally prepared for that. But to then have Gavin Newsom, the governor and the mayor, you know, LA County and de Blasio and all that, they're, they're, oh, sorry, that's New York. Um, uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor and his mayor of the LA area have decided to extend for three more months the lockdown. It just sent me into the blues because you can't plan. That's, you know, that's for everybody. I think not being able to plan or have something on the calendar, you know, even Mother's Day. I mean, I wish and hope that everyone had a nice Mother's Day and yes. you know, always try to take the positive side. Cindy, you and I like to put air in everybody's balloon and we make an effort. And I love that. I mean, it's this contagious effervescence that you have. You like fill me up and then I feel the need to pay it forward. But my Mother's Day was really a nice day. I, what I found is I had reached out to so many people through this last few months that there was a lot of texting, but I know there was a lot of sadness for people that couldn't be around their loved ones. I mean, I certainly wasn't able to be my, I have my son and my daughter here, but you know, I think about that holiday was different than it has been in the past. There wasn't the big table full of family, especially we're being extra careful with the elderly. And I have a lot of friends who are now becoming grandparents. They're not even able to be around the little babies and hold them and that those rites of passage that you look forward to are just happening, but they're they're very different than you had dreamed they'd be. And I and I want to bring this up for you, Cindy, because I know your son, Daniel, is graduating from USC College. And how does that feel? Like how are you and your family coping? And in particular, how is Daniel feeling about Thank you for asking. He officially finished his last final last night. And it was kind of interesting to be in his company physically, you know, under the same roof as he was nearing the end of the school year. And then I watched him pull an all-nighter the night before his final, the actual last final. And he literally was asleep with his computer open, having flopped half onto his face and waking him to be a part of that final. And just seeing it all play out in person is unusual for a mother and a college kid. So it was a thrill because it was so cute. And I was kind of going down memory lane of what it was like when I was finishing at UCLA. 
So it was exciting to watch. And then last night he finished his actual final um, class ever, unless he goes to get a master's. And it was super exciting. And then um, until this morning when we found out LA is locked down for another three months, he had been told along with all the students at USC that are graduating that their commencement would be um, postponed until this summer. Well, now we know that's not going to happen this summer. And so what they're doing instead is do um, a virtual uh, commencement tomorrow where they actually get their graduation certificates stated, their names spoken out loud. It's an all day affair online mm -hmm. and they have different time zones in the United States and around the world, whether it's London or Beijing and family and friends can connect with their graduate and watch this virtually together. But, you know, he was saying that he knew this was probably going to happen and he and his USC buddies weren't that excited about it, but that now, just as of today, they're trying to emotionally get behind it. He said, mom, I'm just going to go all in and let this be my experience just in case it's the only graduation experience I'm going to get. And so it'll be historic for all these graduates to have to go through this and then they'll remember it forever, for sure. Oh, but it's unfortunate. So it's again, the COVID blues. I'm not thrilled as a mother that my son has to go through this or any other senior, whether they're graduating from high school or college or master's or whatever. It's sad. It is sad. Do you think though, even though that we're extending this shut down. I know of one or two universities where I don't even want to quote the university universities, but they're friends of mine and they have shared with me that their graduation will be taking place in October. That the month of October was selected to give it enough time, but believe it or not, I'm not sure that everyone can travel back for this ceremony, but it's a sense of closure, I think, you know. Gosh, I think that's so smart. I hope I hope all schools will do that. Maybe that will happen. You know, right now, I only know where Noel is, is in Texas and at TCU here. They have a, a date set in August. But as we know, we're all kind of glued in to the television. And I think the uncertainty and the lack of planning, no wonder we all feel this way because every day I wake up, I'm a little surprised at the next bit of information. Like our last show, we talked a little bit about the antibody testing, Cindy, and feeling like that was good news to get that result. And then, you know, to, to have a little, it's, it's powerful. But I heard today that it really doesn't matter because they're, they're, they still can't answer if you are testing positive for the antibodies or if you've had COVID-19. It doesn't mean that you cannot, there's not 100% certainty, certainty that you won't get it again. I know. So, Every time I turn around, I'm like, I think I'm moving forward, but we're just sort of stagnant. We're not really going anywhere is the frustration. So I'm sorry, you know, I know that with the graduation, I, I'm trying to make a, a bigger effort to acknowledge everyone I know that's graduating when I see them and when I see Daniel, because it's an exciting time. I am seeing some students on through social media. I think they might still be on their campuses, Cindy, or maybe they've just never came home. I'm not sure, but they're they're photographed, like you have to get that picture of Daniel right there on the college campus in his cap and gown. You have to have that for, for nothing more than you deserve to have that in your album. That's what, that's, I'm a picture person. I like to read well, his portrait 
And I thank know. goodness okay. it's framed and sitting right next to our oldest son, Doug's okay, college portrait as well. So I have that, but I know what you're saying. And I'm hoping that his school do, does what the other you mentioned is doing and, and postpones through the into the fall. And that they'll still do something in terms of walking. They just have to. They just have to. But go back to the um, antibodies for a second, because I will tell you that that has given me a little bit of peace in the last month. I knew I had the antibodies because I knew I had had COVID-19 because I couldn't taste or smell for five weeks, mm -hmm. which they're saying in layman's terms is one of the greatest telltale signs that you've had COVID-19. It has freed me up emotionally and it's helped with some of the fear and trepidation, quite frankly, about worrying how I personally or my family of five would handle COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, physiologically, we all handled it really well. It was mild. And then in recent days, since I've had my paperwork, I feel like I have admittance and entrance into the world again in a lot of areas. I'm getting invited to people's homes. Oh, I'm getting more funny. hugs. I'm getting more hugs. And then even I went to the jewelry store yesterday for a second because they were repairing something for me and they were getting their a mask out, you know, a box of masks for me to put on because I didn't have mine with me in Sun Valley. It's optional. Um, but anyway, and as she's digging around for this mask, which was this huge thing, I said, you know, I've had the, <laughs> I tested positive for the antibodies. Here's my paperwork. I had a picture of it. Do you mind if I don't wear a mask? And she's like, oh gosh, no problem. Come on in. Don't wear a mask. So at least for right now, it's giving me this goofy little hall pass. But like you said, Colleen, they don't know for sure. Are we immune forever? Are we immune for a month? Nobody knows. And the program today, this is what could happen to you. You could feel this great sense of relief today. And in a week, they'll, re they'll have heard enough of that newscast that I heard and say, you know, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you were tested positive. You need to wear a mask. I didn't earn today. And where I was was the... Um, it was our Jane's, our little card store. A little, it's a little everything store. It's, but I needed some graduation cards and just some basic things. So we could enter through the back door, limited um, admittance of people, immediately cleansing our hands and masks only. And Jane, who owns the store, said to me, she doesn't see us being able to go into any stores throughout the summer without a mask. So I was kind of, I looked around that you were not allowed to go in without it. And oh, so, so I, she made it mandatory yeah, in mandatory. her store. Yes. I don't know. I don't blame this, her. I don't know what this, well, she's, you know, probably needs to protect herself and wants to gain her business, her clientele. She even said, I said, I know this must be hard on you. She goes, well, I hope I'll be here. So the threat of even her store not being there, as you know, would be really sad for us. Because our she's clients. a local institution. You're talking about Jane's Paper Place. It would be um, the whole thing is so weird, but what I want to say is this, there are so many unknowns that it's unprecedented because even with the Great Depression, which they're saying this economic crisis is second only to or becoming on par with, it still is so not that, that there really isn't anything that we can compare it to and we haven't even lived it yet. We haven't even Ooh. begun to live it. But here's my thing. One thing we know is what we talked about last week, which is the Swedish model and why in the world we can't just do that why can't we just have the elderly and the infirm and anyone else who's very concerned about their health or their family's health 
stay in and be really, really careful. And the rest of us, I'll be happy to wear a mask anywhere at any time. Get back out to work. Get back out and, you know, help with the economy going again. And it would also help with our mental state of mind, our socialization, all the, there's so much suffering and so many domino effects to this staying at home. I could not agree with you more, Cindy. And I've never been one to be really outspoken in our community. But yesterday, I have a full day to tell you about yesterday. It was a long day, but I was hiking with a friend. And I'll tell you the end of the story for, there were two bikers there. And, you know, we never really like to talk too much about politics, but I know where they stand. But, you know, the one guy said, how are you doing, Colleen? I said, you know, I actually have to tell you, I, I got to move forward. I, I want to see us up and working again. I want to see these stores opening. I want to be doing it carefully. And I want to be protecting all of us, but we cannot stay closed like this. I, none of us are going to survive. There's a month from now, it's going to be more depressing in three months. And he said, look me straight in the face. He said, I couldn't agree with you more. And I thought afterwards, I was so afraid. Like sometimes we're afraid to say something because we don't, I don't want to rock the boat. I didn't know if he was going to be one of those people like, Hey, we all need to stay home. This is really serious. Like there are people that we know in this town. I know one in particular, who's a very bright guy. And Charles and I have talked about him. He's a big science guy. Charles might be a physician. That's my husband. And he might be a little bit more balanced in this approach of moving forward with the economy and getting the infirmed, as you would say, an elderly at home, but getting the rest of us out there safely. This particular family, they're not leaving their home. And he's a bright guy. He's reading his information and he feels completely the opposite. So we also have a lot of opinions, very smart people trying to come up with, as you would say, the right the right decision, but not having any history to base this on. We're just, this is all new for all of us. So, okay, that was my end of my story, but I have to- And also, by the way, it's become party lines and political, which way you lean. And I hate that. Let's just let everyone be safe and do what they, I just want it to be a free country. And I want people to do, you know, again, the Swedish model. That's my vote, but go back. Tell about your day. Yesterday, this is not, this is going to be a little bit off COVID, but- all right. I hiked with a dear friend, Lee. We went to Adams Gulch, which is, which is a popular, well-traveled hike here, everyone. It's just a, a nice, nice little walk. And Lee brought her three dogs with her. She has two dachshunds and she has a lab. Stella, Opal, and Enzo. Well, you, you know, you walk and you chat and you walk and you chat and you're always, the dogs kind of hurt each other. So you're, you're aware of the dogs. They're all in their little and they kind of run off a little bit and then they come back. Halfway through the hike, Lee says, hey, Colleen, have you seen Enzo? That's one of the dachshunds, the copper-colored one. And I said, no, but he was just here. I mean, honestly, he was just, he's like he vanished. He was with us like a minute ago. So I don't think that at first Lee was that worried, nor was I, because I thought, oh, he's going to come back. And she said, they, they have a really good sense of smell. He's going to smell his way back to us. He could be right at in front of us, and she could be calling his name. Lee said, I could be calling him, and he's sniffing and sniffing, and he'll catch up with us. So we decided that we weren't going to backpedal. We were going to continue to the parking lot because again, Lee said he's going to smell his way back to the parking lot ultimately and get to the car. So we continued our hike and we chatted and we chatted and we were carefree, but we got back to the parking lot and there was no Enzo. And so all of a sudden now Enzo has been gone for maybe it took us about another 40 minutes. He's been gone now about 40 minutes. We've chatted it up with everyone in the parking lot. Hey, have you seen, keep your eyes open everyone leaving for the trail. And then Lee's a runner. 
So she decides she's going to go to the one. We're going to now do the loop. She'll do the half loop and I'll do the bottom loop. I'll walk and she'll run. Okay, we did all that. There's no Enzo. Now- That's terrifying. Is, and she's like, these dogs are, they're family members. You know this, okay? And I'm so nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, the longer, you know, the longer you feel like you can't find someone, the more it becomes real. Yeah. And maybe that thought enters your mind that will we find there's, there's weather, we have predicted weather coming like storms ahead. So it's getting colder here. And then we're having some rain in the forecast. Then there's water. And then you think of the wildlife. Honest to God, it's mid-afternoon. Now, now Enzo has been gone about three and a half hours. Lee is now venturing into areas where there's not even a trail, which she's a lot braver than I am. I couldn't do it. So she's photographed me now. She's in, on, in, on, in a tree and has now photographed a bear, Cindy. There's a bear oh. below and she's in a tree and she's texting me and she's pinning her son so her son knows where she is. And I'm now... Enzo's like not even on my radar. She's on my radar. Like, oh my God, Lee, I'm like Googling. Um, you know, first off, all the things I always say, not supposed to hike alone. Bear, black bears can climb up a tree. Um, I don't know how she did it. We talked today. She was obviously shocked at first. And then she was just, what are you going to do? She was quiet. And I, and eventually the bear left. But this photo of this bear is enough to scare the daylights out of me. Okay, send it to me soon. I will send it to you. So the afternoon, it's now like 4.35. There's still no Enzo. He's been missing now to give you time it's since noon. And I guess we stayed there. Now friends were coming and other people were looking and everyone, a biker, there wasn't a soul that would finish the trail. But I'd say, oh, have you, I already know we're looking for a copper colored dachshund named Enzo. The world knew last night I went to bed. I, we stopped our search. I know that Lee has a, one of those I told you it's called that sprinter van, which is like, you can sleep in the van. I know her whole, she has four boys, their girlfriends, their friends, everyone was looking. She told me through the night and I woke up to a text that at 2.30 AM, little Enzo appeared in the parking lot and was on, in, entering the sprinter. So somehow that dachshund had been lost for over, like now it was 14 hours, the middle of the night drenched, you know, cause it had rain, cold was there and found them in the parking lot where they were all sleeping in the van. They well, never that's a very good end of the story. Cause so Enzo thank God Enzo is home. Enzo is perfect little morsel for coyotes or something. Well, we can talk about that now, but those thoughts all enter your mind because you know where we are. And then when I saw the picture of the bear, I'm like, you know, exactly drowning wildlife. Oh, so Wait, I now did, so really did she climb up the tree? to escape the bear or was she already up there looking for to Enzo to escape the bear? I don't she know. She up to... a tree to get I, away I from the bear. To, I have to really, like there was so much information between finding the dog and all the questions and her being in the tree. I can't play it. I always thought that she spotted the bear and immediately climbed to the tree. That's how she had the picture of the bear. The bear was right below her. It looked like a black bear, but it had the brown spots. I'll show you a picture because I was more worried about it. I'm sorry. I, I told her, I don't know how you kept your wits about you. That would have just been. Well, me. will you report back next week as to yeah. what happened? Because when you first told it, my imagination took me to the top of the tree because she was up there anyway, using it to find the dog. Like she wanted a bird's eye view. And then the bear came along, but it's now sounding like the bear chased her up a tree. And if that's the case, you need to bring this story to us next week. I need details. You need details on this because 
the picture as it was as I was getting the photos lat yesterday, we were still in the midst of losing Enzo, though I didn't think he was the priority. I thought Lee was. Yeah. Like, he's in the tree. But I know she was in an area of hiking that I have no idea. There was no trail. I mean, just to even be that brave. So Lee, I know you're gonna listen to this show because I told you I got permission I could talk about your Enzo because you know, Lee's dogs, they're 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 her children, and I, I just, I don't know what she was going to do. So it was the bet. When I woke up this morning and got those pictures, it was like a relief. I thought, oh, thank God, because you know what? You take a little of that on yourself. Like, oh, I wasn't paying attention either. Has you know Enzo I mean? ever has Enzo ever run off before? Well, she told me one other time in Mexico they lost him for about an hour, and they found him after an hour, and he was barking at a tree. And no, these. This is another thing. Her dogs live a good life. They're in, you know, they get cushy and they, they have like a nice little home life. They're not used to, I mean, they take hikes, but they're not outdoor like that. They're, they're sleeping on their little beds at night. I think <laughs> Enzo, Enzo is an adventurer. So they need to put a little collar on him or something. They, like, it might happen again. You know what I'm saying? You know, she's all, she has that all. She probably had them all. It wasn't on that particular day. You think you're taking a simple little walk, right? But never again. Okay, well, he will be using the collar. So that was a good find and a happy ending. Yes, Lee, if you're listening, we're so happy it had a happy ending, but we want more details about that bear. Maybe okay, I'll have, to have her on so we can ask her directly about her little episode. Okay, that sounds good. And you were also, before we went on, you were telling me a little bit about Lee and her sprinter van, but you didn't give me the punchline. You also told me something about um, George. Oh, yeah. And also, I have another story. Yeah, you, you have know, lots of stories. Well, this I is want to hear them. With COVID nineteen, and we're all living our life. Do we not agree that sometimes you find yourself like I talk to my mother a few times a day? How much can you really say? Because there's not a lot happening in our lives. Have you noticed that for yourself? Even with our spouses, with our children, it's like, oh, how are you? What are you doing? What's your day? Well, it's it's a different it's different now, isn't it? You find yourself like I'm not doing a whole lot of anything, and I'm I'm getting sarcastic, but. I do, have, I do have some things that have happened. So listen to this in Texas. I have really good friends that live in Texas. Her husband works in Santa Barbara, California, and he had to go back to California for a business meeting. So we left the state of Texas, and my understanding is, yes, he knew when he left, there was a possibility that he was going to be quarantined when he got home. But he had to go to work, so he did. He went flew to Santa Barbara, and he made his way back to Texas last Friday. He flew into Dallas and then ultimately into Austin and he was greeted. And everybody that came from California had to immediately quarantine for 14 days. And the quarantine was very, very strict. We can read a sign that you're quarantined. It's up to you to quarantine yourself. In Texas, you are not to leave your house. You can ignore your property. You can't walk in your neighborhood. And at any time, a police officer can come to your home morning, noon or night or through, you know, knock on the door and you better be there. If you're not there, you have 180 days in jail. And just to make it simple, that's six months in jail and a fine of $1,000. And you do have permission if you need it, food. Now, I don't know in his case, because he has a lovely wife and a daughter with him, if he's allowed to go to the store, but he hasn't left. I talked to Luann, he has not left. Luann's our dear friend, our great listener. We love you, Luann. I was speechless over this because I have Noel going to Texas on Monday. And the last thing I'd want is for that to happen, but I've looked up the states. If you're going into Texas and you come from the state of California, New York, New Jersey, Michigan, 
and I think Louisiana. You better look it up before you travel, so I'm going to tell you. If you're headed that way into Texas, you will be quarantined. And so now TCU, where Noelle goes to school, the reason she's going there is she was one of probably 50% of the student body that was not able to move out of her dorm. So I'm on a constant email with other TCU parents, and so they're coming in and asking, hey, how do I get my stuff out of the dorm? It looks like we can't travel in there. So I was speechless at the six months in jail. <laughs> I'm disgusted with it. I am disgusted. I can't take it. I just, Don't I'm going to keep my mouth like shut, but I find this to be, I find it all very appalling. I mean, I'm the first person to say we need to live above all else, but something's got to change. I'm going back to that Swedish model again. Give me a freaking break. Let me tell you a quick story. I heard in the jewelry store yesterday, the jewelers have, um, you know, a lot of their uh, diamond source comes from New York, also LA. And on 47th street, there's just a line of diamond dealers and things. And one of their friends who owns one of these was during this intensely strict lockdown in New York City, <clears throat> so similar to what you just described in Texas. Um, he get recently couldn't sleep because he thought that he had left his safe open in his office, which is on 47th Street, but he's not allowed to go into his office because the lockdown in New York City is so strict. They can't even really go outside that much is what I've been told. I mean, that density there and not able to really move around for fresh air even, I really feel badly for people that live in that kind of a city environment right now. It must be horrible. But he decided in the middle of the night to kind of sneak over to his office and go in and he went on in and luckily the safe was closed and he felt like he could button everything up a little better, just feel psychologically more secure. And when he went to the curb out front to get back in his car, he was sandwiched by two cop cars and police officers greeting him with a ticket of $10,000 fine for having broken um, quarantine. Wow. Really huge. That is believable yeah. and yet unbelievable at the same time. Yes. And now, Ugh. did my jewelers embellish? Was it more like 5000 Was it 2000 no, I, I don't know. know. I had I'm no idea. But then I didn't even know what happened to George having gone into California. Now he could see jail time if he doesn't obey the, the uh, quarantine. I mean, these are things that are mind-blowing in the United States of America. You, you never thought of the word uh, freedom. I haven't thought of the word freedom as much as I have in the last few days. The freedom to go and be and travel and do and see has all been stripped. It's so regulated. It feels so uncomfortable. And I went on about my dreams and Cindy last night, I had a night, they're not dreams, they're nightmares. So I have to tell you this one because I know I was scared in the dream. And I was so afraid and I want, didn't want Charles to leave. And this is, this is the symptom I had last night because he said, what happened? You were really moaning. And I said, um, I'll tell you, I remember it. This time I was in trouble and I was afraid. And I was, I, before I told you I would dial the phone, I didn't have the right number so I couldn't make the call. Now I could make the call, but my voice wouldn't come out. Oh no. And I thought these are, these are like, for me, I think these dreams are that I feel so, I'm fine during the day. I don't, you know, I'm, 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 I'm relatively happy. I, 
I'm, I'm frustrated at times. I'm, I'm have a normal baseline, but I think my dreams are revealing to me. Like I'm really, am, I really am having some anxiety and I am wanting, I, I'm obviously feeling pushed down or, 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 or uncertain and scared. It must, it's really scared. Um, and then I wake up and the fact that I remember them, I never used to remember my dreams either, that it is very, it's just bizarre. I, I, I've asked and you're having friend, now reoccurring of the same theme, it's the same. And I, I think they're, they're similar exactly, but they're the same emotion. You know, um, you know, when you said about the gentleman and look at me, I'm going to think about this guy. It's like an OCD behavior. The fact that he had, he has time now to think, and we're protecting ourselves. And he's probably like, do you ever do that? We're like, Ooh, did I turn that off? I mean, usually you can let things go because you're busy. You've got a million things going on all day long and you're working on this project we've all slowed down and shut down a bit that you can see how did I lock that safe could be on your mind and stay on your mind a lot longer. And that's your livelihood. Then you take it to the place where he's like, I got to go. I got to go make sure that I can't lose my, my livelihood. That's my life and my future, my family. Right. So you risk it. And then you're like, why he didn't think he'd be caught. You're going to laugh at this one. My suggestion would have been to go during the day, not in the middle of the night. Cause no one's out. You're really going to be seen in the middle of the night. But I believe that behavior and thinking that worry that that was a, that would leave your mind on a regular day. You've got a lot going on. You're going to go there in the morning. This time it's like you just rethink about it and think about it again and again. Well, I'll tell you, it, it all, you know, took a turn for me. Really optimistic again, such gratitude for having done well with COVID. My family's done well. My father who's older has not gotten the disease. Thank goodness. And all those things are going well. I've stayed really upbeat, like you were saying, Colleen, during the day at least. It's, yeah. We're all very optimistic. I think you and I have those personalities where the cup is half full. But it, it just, I am not even usually a planner. I like spontaneity, but not knowing what my life in LA looks like coming up. Mm -hmm. um, when I had such plans for 2020, 2021, and what that means for my daughter going off to college in the fall and just all the different things. We can't make a plan. It's so frustrating. And you know, and I think our age group, Cindy, of parenting has been all about the plan. From the time we were living our lives and even, you know, think about pre, even before marriage, but I can talk mostly after marriage and having children. We've had our children lined up for the preschool where they were headed. Where, you know, think about it. Remember getting on the wait list because we wanted to make sure they got into the right schools and everything has been planned and, ha and it's happened. This is the first time we are completely at the mercy of the unknown. That's all I can say. I, and I understand because I too was so excited. And I'm, I'm, I just told Cindy, I mean, the plan is to go to California and maybe right now this news that we're hearing about the shutdown in California to August maybe there'll be some great news and a surprise in June that they'll open sooner. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking that's the case, but could, maybe it could happen. I don't think you should, I think you should consider a month to month. I think that's what I'm going to do. My living arrangement might not be as permanent as I would have liked it to be, but I don't want to lock myself into a long-term arrangement in a city that might not be a city where I I'm able to work a and B it's expensive. I don't know that I want to be there. 
I don't know if I it's just have be about five really intense decisions to make about in on different subjects. Mm -hmm. And it all is suddenly looking really fuzzy as to which way, which direction to go. And even though what you were describing is very much of a planner with your preschools and all that, I've always kind of been spontaneous even with the children and their activities in their schools, because I lived and raised them in Sun Valley, Idaho, we didn't have to make those kind of plans. We didn't have, you know, those strict sort of narrow opportunities because we live in this wilderness open environment on all levels. And even the private school here was, there was a sense yeah, of yeah. many, many seats for many, many kids, you know? So I'm just saying, summer school, all that, I never really planned. We just kind of went along and it was so much fun. And you just can't, I'm going to have to go back to just being content, being spontaneous like, again. I just had a solid plan for 2021, mm -hmm. you know, leading up to and part of 2021. And now it's all like the horizon is fuzzy. And I've never known how to deal with that under these circumstances. I feel anxiety from it. I'll probably start having your little dream or something. Oh gosh, maybe really. I'm, I'm charging my computer really quickly. But, but anyway, it's, it's an interesting time. And we would like our listeners to please continue to comment at 50file.com and let us know some of your COVID blues, or maybe you can cheer us up and tell us some of your wonderful silver linings and how you're coping and all of that. I just, uh, you know, this is just unprecedented. Nobody really knows for sure what's going to happen. And so it just, we're all in this together. That's the beautiful part. Mm -hmm. And we all, I'm sure you feel the same, have so much to be grateful for. So we just have to keep having optimism as we move through the unknown. Mm -hmm. I just, am, I'm, I'm just not used to being this uptight about the unknown. I usually you know kind of relish it. As you're talking, it made me think, because I was really listening, part of it may, for a lot of men and women who are listening, couldn't it also be even more challenging for us? Because as we've raised our children, we sort of as have been able to reclaim some of our dreams and our professions. So it's kind of a double whammy for us. We're looking at it like, not only do I have my son and my daughter who are supposed to go to college and he's going into the workplace, I now was planning for me for the first time, able to check off this is where I need to be for my profession and where I see myself going, where before we were a little bit more complacent because we were writing, we were, we were mothering first. So I'm very disappointed at the phase that this has happened for us. And I think with the decision-making, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that every, like, don't let yourself feel forced to have to make it all today. And when you make one decision, I think you might, the other decisions will follow. But I'm, I'm not able to even see any light for me because I have to wait and see if Noel is definitely going back to school. So that's how I'm going to try to handle my summer and enjoy being here. And in, in closing the show, you know, I want to make this all about a number one. We're so glad we found Enzo. But in addition to that, for every graduate, I'm whether it be from your schooling of high school to college to graduate school to law school to that celebration and rite of passage, I just, hats off. I could cry hats off to each and every one of you and to every mother and father that helped you get there. We love you and keep listening, everyone. And you know what? We'll be back with more conversation next week. I love you, Sin. I love you too. Well said, Colleen. And we love you and congratulations to all the graduates. Hard work, hard work, well done.
Bye-bye.